Hello. Hello. Uh, you you left me hanging. <laughs> we really struggle well, with the intro. once in two years. I feel like you should be the first hello. Okay. I, yeah. Maybe I was just over. I finally saw the recording button and realized, okay, we're recording. <laughs> I wasn't sure it was recording, so that was the reason for my pause. Oh, so. well, I hope there's not a delay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm always like, wait a second just to be sure, because, you know, you never know, just to be yeah. safe. Yeah, I was so, just ready to jump the gun. <laughs> so this is episode 44. 44. I'm Bay. And I'm Jay. And, and this is the this part, is part I don't get. I don't get. Yay! And um, welcome to another wonderful Thursday night. Woot woot! Almost Friday. I I heard on uh, just like a small quarantine corner. I heard that like Wednesday. I don't know if it's this Wednesday or last Wednesday was like the highest uh, recorded uh, coronavirus cases since like August or something this past Wednesday. Oh, so that wow. was, I don't know if it was this Wednesday, like meaning yesterday or like last week, but, oh, you know, you go along and you kind of adjust and then mm-hmm. you hear things like that. And then I feel like we're constantly adjusting to, you know, everything. I mean, it's good to have a reality check because then I think that's why people keep catching it, you know, like, I mean, obviously yeah. there's tons of reasons, but when you, when you feel complacent, you know, when you stop wearing that mask, yeah, or you, you loosen up things a little bit, but yeah. it is frustrating. Like, you feel like at this point, we should be able to do a little bit more as long as we're wearing masks. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but then you have to adjust that mental, the way you're thinking about it. Like, the other day, I was like, you know what? I haven't really been, uh, like, thinking about how long I'm washing my hands anymore. I haven't done that in a while. I'm washing yeah. them, but, you know, like, I'm, like, not counting and everything. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a good rinse tonight. Good, good scrub. <laughs> happy <a> birthday. <laughs> I don't do the happy birthday. I'm a more OCD about it. I like specifically count. Like oh. I'm doing. I'm counting to ten on this hand. Counting to ten on this hand. So like, oh. and then I do the back and then the in between the fingers. Yeah, and, uh, and I heard like a lot of times your fingertips kind of get missed, which is you know very important. So yeah, don't forget the fingertips. So that's what and I then, always think about. And with the hand sanitizer too, like they said, oh. like, you know, it's like the friction of you like yeah. moving your hands together. So I always like, it's like, I'm I know I'm like, did I use enough? Cause it's either, it either comes out in a huge blob where it's like, you have to give it to somebody else to get rid of it. <laughs> or it's like a little, a little dot where it's like, oh, okay. That covers. It evaporates. Yeah, I know. But I just, I don't like the feeling of it. My um, husband will be like, can I have some hand sanitizer? And I'm like, sure. I'll give him like a little dollop. He's like, can I have some more? <laughs> yes like he wants like a, a a real good decent glob but I'm more like you know like what if we run out you know but I guess that's yeah not so or like you don't want it nowadays yeah and then like I've heard of like oh you can get resistant to it or something I don't oh know. really well for me it's like I don't want to have to go out and buy more because the newer ones smell smell so terrible gross it makes me yeah. want to hurl I feel like we said this the other day to each other but <laughs> it's like you're just put, pouring like vodka on yourself oh. and then you have to smell it and it's almost like kind of sticky too 
Yeah. Yeah. Like almost gelatinous. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. Ugh. No. Mm -mm. I have some old from before the, the standard OG hand sanitizer and I'm going to be milking that hand sanitizer. I'm like, damn, I should have, I should have stocked up on bath and body works when I was like <laughs> in sixth grade and just saved those. <laughs> I can tell you, I haven't been in a bath and body works in a, in a, in a minute. And I, I, I have a gift card. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. My mother gave it to me because she didn't use it. I honestly didn't know if they were still, if there were that yeah. many. I don't right? Because in middle anymore. school, it was all about the oh body God, splash. You had to get the lotion. And you had to get it because it was. That's what everyone got for Christmas and yeah. birthday. The moisturizer, the, the body splash that smells like a fruit bowl. Um, with some, some sort of blossom. Oh, and it had to have the sparkle in it. <laughs> you got to have that sparkle, you know, yeah, oh, the like mist. Two, early 2000s goodness. Yes. Some lip smackers, you know, yep. on the lips, you know, that might be a CVS run rather than a Bath and Body Works, but, <laughs> um, well, well I it's my turn to go first. Really? I, I thought it was mine. You can go first. Um. I don't really care. Well, I know last time <laughs> I, I had my, my interview, so I think I went second, right? I just oh, remember. You did. Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you talked you about are, the beasting. You are totally correct. What was I thinking trying to trying to steal that first, yeah, that first trying to place first. slot mm -hmm. from you? Yes, please. Please go. <sighs> well, so my topic was inspired by the um, the recent debates of the presidents and vice presidents or okay. candidates i should say um is it happening again tonight no no ed because trump is refusing unless it's in person so he's doing uh, a town hall okay um and i think biden is doing something as well i don't know if his is virtual but i know there was like some controversy because they're both scheduled at the same time on abc of course yeah, and they were like, you know, you can't do them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, we'll have to see that um, catastrophe. Um, <laughs> but um, so I was just curious. I just kind of became curious. This is more like a historical topic, I guess. But it, it's just look at you. I know. Branching I out. Curious about like how did we get to this point where it's like just two candidates just like arguing against each other, and then like on like complete opposite sides and then one ends up like you know winning and basically controlling the country for four to eight years so my my topic is the two-party system how do we get it how did we get it and does it work um okay so my sources were wikipedia vox.com theconversation.com and thinkthevote.com um so it's a little bit more of like a i guess like I said, historical, maybe well, this is topic. important <laughs> to know where everything comes from, especially this time of year and, and, and it's an election year, you know? Right, exactly. Um, so just a little bit of history. Uh, the, the first, we first had a party system in 1792. Um, basically there were uh, two national parties competing for presidency. Um, it was the Federalist, Federalist Party and the Democratic Republican Party. So they were okay. like all together. Um, the Fed, Federalist Party was very pro-government. They believed in a national bank. They wanted to strengthen their relationship with England. Um, 
it was really, um, I guess, um, Alexander Hamilton was one to really push for it. And Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, the guy with the musical, huh? <laughs> Every time I hear his name, which is not that often, but Alexander Hamilton. And then the, um, the Democratic Republican Party was very, uh, they supported states' rights. And, um, but eventually the Federalist Party collapsed. Um, and then the Democratic Republican Party split into Democratic Republicans and National Republicans. And then they got further divided. And basically they kind of formed like their own little things and it became more and more. And then finally it, they all kind of merged into two groups and it became the modern Republicans and, and Democrats. Um, and so around 1854, the modern Republican Party was, was formed. Um, and, and then in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was actually the first Republican president. So before okay. that, the presidents were actually like uh, considered nonpartisan, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, so it, one interesting fact that I saw is no one party has been able to hold presidency for more than three consecutive terms. Okay, like, that's, that's one thing I guess I was con like thinking about them, like, especially with getting the new, um, you know, trying to get in a new Supreme Court justice, like, I'm like, it just seems like, okay, one party wins. And then after that, then if the next party comes in, they just try to reverse everything that the last yeah. party did. So it seems counterproductive. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was really curious about. So how did we get like a two party system? So there's something called Diverger's law. And it was, um, it was based on a political scientist, Maurice Diverger, who says that the rules for electing Congress um, heavily encourage a two-party system. Um, so basically the rules that we've constructed around electing our, you know, Congress people are, are kind of like force us to, to narrow it down to two. Okay. So because we, so because we have a winner takes all uh, approach or also known as first past the post, which I thought, was <laughs> funny. but I, I saw that in several articles. Um, so it discourages more than two parties because the likelihood of, of representation is so low unless you're, um, you know, very popular. So he contrasts this with what's called a party proportional representation, where your percentage of votes is equal to your representation. So, for example, if you got 15% of the vote, you would get 15% of seats in legislature. Um, so this encourages minor parties to participate because they still have a chance of e at least having a little bit of representation. Um, and there has been, you know, some push to get a third party, you know, on the ballot. And mm -hmm. I think, I think it was 2016 had the highest percentage of uh, votes for the third party um, candidate. <laughs> Gotta love those write-ins too. Yeah, like I hear. I, I, you always hear that people like vote for like Donald Duck oh, or like been a good Luke topic. Skywalker. I should have done, <laughs> done the. I should have done the like the silliest. Uh, like every year, they have like a percentage of people who it's you. Uh, the two I've heard are Star Wars related, and then like like Donald Duck. There was one that I heard that was um, D's nuts. I think like did really well <laughs> one year. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, but I mean, imagine how many people had to do that independently 
for it to get noticed. That yeah. is just depressing. I bet it was, I bet it was just, I mean, not to blame like young people, but I just feel like it was probably like just a group yeah. of like, I don't know. I'm just picturing like frat brothers, but I might have to do a little follow-up next week. and <laughs> Go for it. I would listen to that topic. This tis the season. <laughs> yeah. Cause that'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> so, um, there was a group, like a centrist group that, uh, were called Americans elect. And I forget what year this was, but, um, they paid $15 million trying to get a third party candidate on the ballot, but they failed to elect anyone. So it's like, wow, it's one of those things that I guess is a lot, is very hard in our country. Um, so, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages of a two-party sim, uh, I'm sorry, two-party system. The advantages are that it's much simpler. It's easier to, to govern because it's, you know, you're kind of narrowed down to two parties. Or A or B, yeah. And it's more centrist, even though it feels polarized, I think. Yes. Um, you know, I guess in the end, they do kind of try to, you know, please both. And so it's not like, you know, 20 extremist groups, you know, all fighting against each other. Um, the disadvantages of um, of the two-party system are that they downplay alternative views. Uh, it, it encourages voter apathy, which I think is is a big one. Hence um, these nuts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the fact that they went all the way to the voting booth <laughs> and wrote that shit in, or mailed I, in a ballot. I uh, mean, yeah, that's like, true. That takes some real effort to, you know, why why even bother? Yeah, and like, what if they had won? <laughs> like, they'd be like, <laughs> someone would have to step forward and be like, I am to the floor. Watch <laughs> 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 there be someone out there that really has that name. Yeah, like, that's their first name. That would make something. a good movie. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good comedy. We recently watched Man of the Year, which is an older movie. Um, where Robin Williams plays like a Bill Maher or Stephen Colbert character uh -huh. and he runs seriously for president and then gets elected. Then I believe it's Laura Linney uh, who finds out that it's actually, you know, some sort of a uh, like glitch in their electronic voting system. So he, it was a mistake for him to be oh. president. And then, but he tells the truth and says, hey, you know, I'm not really your president. Wow. <laughs> it was, it's, a, it's actually a pretty good that, movie. That feels like a, a, a similar thing that happened um, in our <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had like a fully 100% electronic system. And oh, like, okay. It, the electronic system was broken. But um, like the corporation that owned the um, system, which is <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, is like one of the CEOs or head dudes. I hate when Jeff is bad. <laughs> he's always such a, he, I like him when he's a good, good guy because he plays such good characters. And um, he does have like an evil looking face, I guess. I don't he, know. he does, but you know, gotta love, gotta love. But gotta I bet he's really nice. You know. Um, but yeah, but they, they just won't admit that it's broken because it's like kind of too late to fix and they yeah. don't want it to be on them. So hence Robin William wins. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like that might be one of the reasons why. I don't know if there's a reason we don't have electronic voting, if, it, if they're afraid of something like that. I'm uh, assuming it has a lot to do with hacking or breaking down. Yeah. You know, just the logistics and probably also expense, you know, because 
you know, when things get privatized, that's when issues arise, like, like the prison systems and things like yeah, that, you know, true. so. Yeah. And then, and then you're seeing like, all of a sudden yeah. you're seeing ads for <laughs> while yeah. you're trying to vote. I know. No. So, oh God, could you imagine just like Facebook, scroll up, scroll up. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you might be interested. Try this athletic wear. <laughs> and these socks. You know, yeah. They'll keep your feet cozy. Yeah. But I mean, I would have to, I would assume it would have to be done by, you know, obviously that was a fictional movie. I would assume it would have to be created by the government because you can't promise that a company would be non totally yeah. non biased in some way or partisan in some way. I well, guess. you know, those male, those male people there, we can't trust them. So <laughs> what people? I said the male people, the, the, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like Newman. Yeah, did you, did you see that ad that he did? No. Oh, you have to go on online. Yeah, he did. He did an ad for um, for like oh, because he was a mailman. Oh my gosh, I need to himself. see this. Yeah, he's he's was he's, funny? he's definitely older. He's aged, but he's still he's still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to. So it's a commercial. It's like a yeah. Ad. It's just like telling people to vote, and um, you know, don't be afraid of mailing in your I love I love his he's like trying to get wasn't he trying to get like the Hawaii route you know so oh, the yeah. <laughs> but then like he messed something up yeah and he's like it just keeps on coming the mail <laughs> never stops <laughs> oh so okay so anyway um <laughs> just a bit of a sidebar um so yeah, so voter apathy, um, it hinders independent thought because you're kind of just like voting for your, with your party and not thinking yeah. like, oh, I'm against this and I'm for this because you tend to just vote on party lines. Um, and then of course, like the media becomes very biased. <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes we'll, we'll, you know, change from like during the debates, we would change from CNN to, to Fox News just to like yeah. see what the differences was and it was- yeah it was just night and day of what they'd be talking about, you know? It's so interesting. It's so interesting to see if you flick, flick back and forth to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, wow. And like, we're supposed to be getting our news from these people and I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard. I feel like it's just, yeah, there's nothing that's just completely unbiased, but yeah. Yeah. That's what happens with 24 seven news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The news cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and another thing, uh, uh, an advantage I saw, um, well, kind of going under the it being more simple is you can go into a voting booth and know nothing about the candidates, but, well, I guess some people could say this is a disadvantage, but you could go in not knowing anything, but still kind of know who you want to vote for based on, you know, their politics, like, okay, you know, so I, I guess see in that, that way, if you're that. living under a rock, you know, <laughs> you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because um, certain parties tend to stand for certain yeah certain platforms yeah. like yeah. if you're that like makes you know, sense. if you're like I want to keep my guns like <laughs> you vote for the Republican you know it, I guess it simplifies it but um, so another thing I kind of looked into is and a lot there are a lot of articles on this on what the future of the two party system is you know um, so. Two thirds of Americans actually think there should be a third party, but we are very divided on whether we want them to be more liberal or more conservative. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, everyone wants, you know, probably somebody, you know, the candidates do tend to be more in the middle and 
course, some people want more liberal, some people want more conservative. So, you know, there weren't, weren't any glaring like, oh my God, everybody wants someone that's on this side or that side. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, I think personal um, ideology. Um, let's see. Um, but polls show that Americans are feeling more more and more open to like a broader structural change and reconsidering what the that's current... a little bit of a surprise yeah two, two thirds yeah go us yeah i think <laughs> yeah and what really i think an, another thing that inspired me was like the whole i don't know if you've seen like the settle for biden um campaign i think i don't know if it started by the bernie sanders people but it's just like maybe yeah yeah it's just like it's just like the whole like well he's okay at least he's not trump sort of thing and i'm like why are we settling for him if if we picked him you know yeah <laughs> like that didn't make sense to me so um so i was like well <laughs> if it's like interesting you know, choice of words yeah, yeah. It just I, always I, reminds me of like marriage, you know, couldn't get my number one. So I'm going to settle for Mr. Not so right. Well, you know, <laughs> I think it was really kind of, I, I think they started that maybe after the, the Hillary stuff, because remember how angry the Bernie people were yes, Hillary, yes. and like they were booing at the convention and then he and, came out and said, yeah. So I know, think this was a way on. of like settling down the Bernie people and be like, Hey, let's make a joke out of this. Like to get the Bernie people on board, like, Hey, let's, you know what, let's just, just settle for him. You know, we know, you don't, he's not the best, but he's all we got. So I, I'm curious of how that campaign is going. <laughs> 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 if I were Biden, I would be pissed, but hey, a vote is a vote. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um so in 2016, uh voters in Maine passed a, a different way of voting for candidates called a ranked choice voting act. So what they do, and I, I watched a little video and I gotta say it sounds very complicated complicated, but so basically they choose candidates in order of preference. Um, so it's like, let's say there's five candidates, you know, you do one is the best two, three, four, five. Um, if you don't want to put all the numbers, you can just put one, one or two, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then whoever gets the least votes. So whoever's in fifth place, let's say, um, they get eliminated. But if you voted for that person as your first choice, then your second choice will now get all the, the points. Okay. Yeah. And basically they do this until they eliminate it to, to one person. And they use that to elect their governor, their state legislature okay. and their federal congressional offices and the president. So, um, so it was, you know, it was very, I think, I think it won by like 52%. Um, so one study found that it actually led to lower uh, full voter participation though, because it requires voters to come back I think for a second round, if there's like a tie oh, or something. Really? Yeah, I was a little confused about that, but um, and and you know, if you're elderly or like you know, you can't, you don't have access to transportation, yeah. it's likely to come back. Your, your job. Yeah, and many of the ballots came back as invalid, um, so it kind of didn't represent the majority. And it, apparently, it's RCV is used in Australia, and only six out of the 151 seats are held by the candidate that's outside of the majority party. So it's like not, it's not like it's you know had a huge 
change impact yeah yeah um and then one article by a political scientist named alexander cohen says that the two-party system is here to stay um he says that it's um parties are important because they are a collective representation of individuals and gives individuals a voice when they wouldn't have one you know by their by themselves and he says that um kind of like i mentioned before but parties simplify the voting process for voters with less knowledge and um he also brought a, up a good example that um parties are willing to stretch to extremes as they've shown with sanders and trump where it's you know they it's not necessarily just like whoever's in the middle you know you can still get <laughs> extreme yeah. that's what's popular um and he he also made a good point that like we've had multiple parties in the past like when we had the federalists and you know the all the other parties like eventually they would die out and then they would just kind of combine bigger parties so like and he's kind of each other like the yeah. evolution of of everything so um and then i i read somewhere that um like it, it was a really good quote i i don't have it but it basically it was it was saying that like our two-party system kind of shows that the country is like in a like good state of affairs because and I guess, you know, some could debate that, that, you know, the opposite is true right now, but because, um, like if things were really bad, there would be like a lot of big, like, you know, dis dissenting parties or, or like, I guess, rebel groups kind of coming mm -hmm. together. But I mean, you could argue that like, you know, like Black Lives Matters and protests like that are kind of a sign that maybe things aren't working. So. I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, it, it's definitely probably the simplest thing to do. And I can't say I have any, <laughs> any better ideas, although I, I do kind of like solutions. Idea. Yeah. yeah I, I do kind of like the, um, the representative, you know, voting. Cause I feel like maybe, I don't know, it would give people like maybe people with less money or, or different backgrounds, like more of a chance to get representation mm -hmm. instead of just like rich, you know, old white guys. <laughs> but you yeah. don't say. I'm just glad. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad I'm not in a dictatorship. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah. <laughs> that could be argued. Yes. I was just going to say, I was like, that, that might be debatable. <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see this November. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I got. <laughs> well, that is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I remember like some of that obviously from like history one oh one and I honestly don't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> history has been one of the one of the few topics where I feel like I was able to shine um, because it didn't involve any math. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big part of the reason why. Um, you know, not the strong suit. Uh, and uh, so I do remember some of that, but yeah, I, I, the party system definitely changed quite a bit. And even like within the last hundred years, the, the two parties that we have now have, have changed. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I can see the simplification working, but 
it's interesting that it's not like, you know, three or four parties, you know, that it really has to be like either choice A or choice B or like true or false, you know, 50-50 kind of thing. Yeah. I definitely agree. It would be interesting to see another, another, another name in that running, you know? Yeah. But, like to narrow the whole country down to two. Yeah. There's, yes, there's so many, so many sides to, to every coin, you know? Yeah. Not every coin. That's a stupid phrase. There's only two, two sides. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got you. Um, dice, perhaps? Maybe so many sides of the die. But um, yeah, I think that, I think it's, I think that we just have to be able to like listen to one another. I think so many yeah. times people find out what party someone's in. And I've definitely been a I've definitely, you know, been one of those people in the past where you just like are so like, you know, your heels are dug into the ground and this is your yeah. party and this is who we care for and everybody else. Yeah, it becomes whatever. Like your identity. But then I think that that just continues that polarization. And I feel like so much, we just need to move more towards unity. Yeah, um, like I've, I've been trying to think more and more, you know, well, how, how would I feel if things were flipped, you know? Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I think that way, I'm like, oh, wow, well, I would be mad about this too, or I would feel this way. Yeah. So it's like, I try to, I try to think like that, but it, it is hard because, you know, it makes me wonder, like, if we're so divided, like how, I mean, it worked, you know, it had, we, you know, we've survived this long, I guess. So yeah, working. But I mean, even in like, I remember when I was like helping you study for one of your psych classes, I feel like I like made cue cards or was reading cue cards for you or something <laughs> in college or something like that. And they were talking about like, you know, you're more likely to write like, I, I don't know, like feel or have empathy for or relate to when you like see something for, you know, when you like can see the perspective of the other person, like when you live it or when you yeah when you like experience it yeah so i feel like if we just shut it shut our eyes to you know someone who at first glance looks different than you you know that has a different view than you or is in a different party than you there's just no way to grow yeah you know yeah i I, there's there's no way to grow there's like there's this quote that it's in intolerance of intolerance is still intolerance (laughs) exactly now, obviously, there are people out there that will never change their mind, and then yeah. you'll never be able to meet in the middle. You'll never be able to have that common ground. That's going to happen no matter what. But I think that it's worthy of a of a conversation, you know, depending yeah. upon what it's about, of course. But yeah, and I think we just gotta, are, you know, want to, you know, we we all want like we all think what we want is good and trying to help you know, better the world. It's just kind of ha- how we got here mm-hmm. is different. We have different ideas of that. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for your follow-up. Uh, I know. I'm excited for that. Thank Duck you for that idea. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you or got I guess for? in two weeks, but. Yes. So I- I, mine has absolutely nothing to do with, with, uh, politics. That's of any fine. Kind. We, we need something more um, lighthearted. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Mine is all about laughter. 
Um, and I'll first tell you, my sources were history.com, vintagenews.com, Wikipedia, and a very um, odd one, a, a TV show that just came out on Netflix called Evil um, is the reason why I like first thought of this because one of the characters mentioned it and I was like, whoa, I've never heard of that before. So um, uh, uh, let me just say one quick thing and then I'll tell you what the topic is. So laughter decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection fighting antibodies, mm -hmm. thus improving your resistance to disease. So, you know, laughter is, is medicine essentially. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins and, the, and it's the body's natural feel-good chemicals and endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can eventually um, then could even relieve pain. Oh, so cool. how is laughter um, bad for you? So I, I found out this has taken us way back way back to early days of the podcast, one of my all-time favorite episodes, one of my all-time favorite topics was the dancing plague mm -hmm. uh, in like the 1500s. Apparently, there was a laughing epidemic in the 60s. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never heard of this before, but this is a real thing that happened. So excessive laughter can lead to something called cataplexy, uh, and it can eventually, uh, you know, lead, I don't, it can eventually lead to other terrible things, but um, it's a strain on the, let me get more in detail. It, I lost my place. So I was like, oh no, where no, is it? I say? Laughing is a strain on respiration and a, <laughs> and a person cannot laugh longer than really like 20 seconds at a time, give or take. Um, and, and, it, and it can, you know, on the flip side of it being a natural, uh, uh, you know, uh, feel good remedy, it can also hurt you. So the Tanganyika, I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. It's T-A-N-G-A-N-Y-I-K-A. So I see, I read that as Tanganyika. Laughter epidemic happened in 1962. And it was an outbreak of what they eventually called it to be just mass hysteria or MPI, which is mass psychogenic illness. Mm -hmm. uh, it was rumored to have occurred in or near the village of Kashasha, in mo which is now modern day Tanzania. Uh, so it began on January 30th of 1962 in a mission run boarding school for girls in Kashasha the town and it started with just three girls and then it spread throughout the school eventually it affected 95 of the 159 students of this school the school had students from the ages of 12 to 18 so essentially like a high school uh like a you know uh the symptoms lasted uh for you know a few hours to 16 days in individuals like at a time mm -hmm. the teaching staff was unaffected. So I found that to be very strange that the teaching staff was unaffected and reported that students were unable to concentrate in their lessons. <laughs> no, duh. <laughs> I can only imagine that it would have been impossible to both learn and teach if people are laughing hysterically for anywhere 
up to a few hours to several days. Um, the Kashasha school eventually had to close in March and it reopened again in May only to then be closed again at the end of the following month uh, in June because it just kept restarting over and over again. And I, when I was reading this, I was like, there's so many parallels to what's happening now. You know, yeah. like when people, when things reopen and they found that there were all these like cases in coronavirus, like kind of like rising and stuff like yeah. that. So apparently they were feeling this way too. Even yeah. After we, we another can interesting, <laughs> well, another interesting point is that the epidemic didn't stay within just the school it then have spread to other villages uh, where some of the girls lived and affected people who didn't even go to the school in april and may 217 young villagers had laughing attacks or at least most of them were young in june middle school that was nearby and it affected 48 students there the kashasha school was even sued because of this for allowing the children and their parents to transmit it to the surrounding area. I didn't find who sued the school, but I can't. So they essentially held the school responsible for this. Some other new nearby schools, as well as, as the town of Kashasha itself, were also affected to some degree or another. And the entirety of the laughing epidemic ended up it lasted for 18 months total so uh, some of that was a little confusing to me because it said that it would last for a few hours to 16 days so i'm assuming each per individual person uh quote unquote suffered from the laughter um for like either a couple of hours or it lasted for several days and then they would stop and then and you know but there are more and more cases happening all the time so the overall whole entire epidemic lasted 18 months, give or take, but in an individual, it could last from two to 16 or two hours to 16 days. That's kind of how I read that information. Was that the only symptom? Just the laugh, the laughter? Just hysterical laughing, uh, laughing, excuse me, laughing. Man, but then for, that I can't imagine in, like laughing for like three hours straight. I, I know. Oxygen. But it eventually did cause some painful side effects. And so it eventually after that 18th month span, it did, it, it slowly died off almost as though they were given a laughter vaccine. <laughs> they were showing some dead people or something. <laughs> <laughs> the laughter reports were widely accompanied by descriptions. So here are some of the negative um, side effects aside from just the laughing. But of course, these were caused because of the excessive laughing. Um, fainting, I cannot believe they said this and that it was noteworthy, but flatulence, oh, respiratory God. problems, rashes, crying, and screaming um uh were some of the negative side effects that came with it. Of course, we we know that it's it's it strains your respiratory system, as I said before, and then it can even yeah. cause cataplexy and you know other you know it's just i can only assume it's gotta hurt your yeah i wonder stomach if it would after any, a while yeah or cause any like uh what do you call it like um like when you push down too hard or something i forget like i don't know i i forget the word that it could cause but i'm just thinking like 
you have to use your muscles in order to laugh and like any muscle over time is going to get sore if you're not, you know, if you're using it, doing anything. And like, I've definitely like, you've made me laugh where I'm like, Oh no, stop. I love that. I'm like, because yeah, you're like, (laughs) because your stomach hurts from like chuckling, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. For you would be your shoulders. Cause you're always like bouncing those shoulders. No, but yeah, I definitely had that laugh where I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> and yeah. Tell. And, and, th- and that's why they were saying like, you know, you have to laugh in spurts because otherwise you literally can't breathe. You yeah. cannot constantly laugh. You need to have little mini breaks. Otherwise, you know, you would stop breathing. So there is someone who was uh, quoted and all the different articles that I looked at, they just kept referring to this one person and, and his theories. I'm assuming he also studied it. His name was Christian F. Hempelman and he worked for Purdue University and he mm-hmm. theorized that the episode was more or less caused by stress. So it was stress induced. Oh, I was thinking maybe he drugs explained that I know, right? He was explain. He explained that quote. Now we call it mass psychogenic illness (MPI). It's psychogenic, meaning it is all in the minds of the people who showed the symptoms. It's not caused by an element in the environment, like food poisoning or a toxin. There yeah. is an underlying shared stress factor in the population. It usually occurs in a group of people who don't have a lot of power. MPI is a last resort for people of a low status. It's an easy way for them to express that something is wrong. That may be why it has come to be associated more often with women. Um, And with with kids in that case. Yeah. So end quote. So they were saying that, you know, at this particular time period, it was rough for these individuals. The school was very strict. Uh, it said that in 1962, Tanganyika had just won its independence. Um, he said, uh, and that the students had reported feeling stressed because of higher expectations by teachers and parents. MPI, he says, quote, usually occurs, oh wait, I already said that. Oops, I already said that. So, um, you know, that the the things that were happening in, in the community and in the area were affecting them as well as their, um, their microculture of what was happening in the actual school. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get more, uh, you know, quotes from other people. So uh, not just one source. Uh, so sociologist Robert Barth- Bartholomew a psychiatr- and psychiatrist Simon Wesley both put forward a culture-specific epidemic hysteria hit hypothesis on this, saying that they pointed out that the likelihood is that the hysteria was a manifestation of cultural dissonance between the traditional conservatism at home and the new ideas challenging those beliefs in school, which they termed conversion reactions. Wow. So that just went right over my head, but I'm going to leave it there for you knowledgeable folks that know what I'm talking about. But, um, cause you've explained dissonance to me before. You want to explain it one more time? Yeah. So it's basically when you're getting like two conflicting ideas that don't match up. So in this case, they're their culture is teaching them one thing and then they're learning something in schools that's telling them the opposite. And they, I guess they don't know how to process it. Okay. So it's, they're freaking out basically. Like, yes. 
Yeah. And I did Google in the end, I, if you can die from laughter, because that was actually one of my topics on my list from the very, very beginning is death from laughter. Because one random day I asked my husband, like, give me a topic. I need something. He's like, what about <laughs> death from laughter? I ended up obviously not using it. Um, and there are people uh, who, you know, even as, uh, I don't want to say, I can't say close by or as near, but, uh, you know, even in like the sixties and seventies, there have been people who have reportedly died from laughter. Um, so it is a very rare form of death. Uh, and it usually is yeah, resulting that. from cardiac arrest or, yeah, or, yeah. or like, I can't yeah, say it. Asphyxiation. Yes. So that's why like all the strain and the cataplexy and everything it can eventually lead to death and that has been in self um so like the cardiac arrest and the asphyxiation is all caused by a fit of laughter and instances of death by laughter have been recorded all the way from ancient greece to modern day wow they, um, if you go on Wikipedia, there's like specific people that they list, but it was a whole bunch of people over the span of obviously ancient Greece till now. So I left that out because I didn't want to bore you, but it, it was interesting because <laughs> it's not something that you really think about. I mean, I've, you know, it's kind of like the idea of being scared to death kind of idea, you know, like the yeah. heart attack, um, because it's just like a stress on your system. Luckily, I, as far as my research concluded that not, I don't think anybody died from the laughter epidemic in Tanzania, but, um, you know, they had rashes and, 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 you know, pain and things like that. I think the idea of mass hysteria is just, it's fascinating to me. Obviously it's, it's not a good thing, but it's just so interesting how really? a, your mind can completely control your body mm -hmm. when whether you want it to or not, and B, how the people around you can influence you so heavily that you would do something that you would never have normally done. Um, and that it's all in your it's mind. Just so <laughs> interesting to me. A good house episode of that, that where they're on a plane and one of the characters on the plane gets sick and then all the other characters on the plane start getting sick and they think oh no it's like it's an epidemic something's in the air but it turns out this one person just had the flu or something like that and it was just all in everybody else's mind yeah um, oh wow yeah that's interesting so obviously that's fictional but, but i it think it's for sure and and like you know you hear about like even on the in the darker side of like the mob mentality or like people not coming to other people's rescue and that's why they teach us to say fire rather than to scream and it's it's really interesting to think that that other people can have that kind of an influence over you and that your own mind can have an influence over you yeah and your body and can almost like that kill you I mean it makes sense our brain cr makes us do allows us to do everything, move, walk, talk, eat, you know, sleep. But um, you'd like to think you had a, you would have a little more mind over matter, but I guess not. Oh. And that was my, that was my topic. Well, that was, that was very interesting. Yeah. Cause I remember taking a, um, there, there was this, this author that came when I worked at the Senate and he 
talked about, he had written this book called Is Your Laugh Half Full? And it was saying how like people had basically like gotten over beaten like very serious diseases by using this like laugh therapy that he came up with. So Oh, I should yeah. have I should have researched into that. Yeah. Well, I, I your t- your topic was was really interesting too. So <laughs> Well, uh we have a special surprise for all of our listeners next week or the next episode in the next two weeks but until then you can look us up at uh this is the part i don't get on facebook this is the part i don't get on instagram and feel free to email us your topics and questions on the part i don't get gmail.com and if you want to be a guest email us and let us know if you have something that you need to share or want to share you know, if you've got a topic and you know everything that there is to know about it, join us. <laughs> yes. We would love to hear from you. All right. See y'all later. In two, weeks. two weeks. Bye.